Hello everyone, welcome back to the One Talk podcast. We don't have Gaudi with us today, he couldn't make it, but we have an amazing guest. We have Travis from the Technician podcast and I'm so happy to have him here today because it's a conversation I've been looking forward to, to have for a long time and I see you around a lot when it comes to the events that I go to and social media and when we talk and I've met you face to face a few times but I've been so excited to actually sit down with you and have a conversation <laughs> yeah bro likewise and thank you for having me obviously uh it's it's been the same man i've seen you around i've seen you around like like-minded people and within that circle and like i said before i think the universe was sort of trying to eventually get us together so yes and it's happened man so i'm excited yeah it has happened it's just one of those things that i feel like it's just emerges not just me and you but all the people we're connecting with at the moment and it's bringing so many opportunities to our life I just want to shout out Dan from Venture Clothing for that because I'm currently in this podcasting space and yeah, shout out to Dan. He's awesome. Shout out Dan. Fuck, this place is legit. Yeah, this is awesome, mate. I love it. For a 20-year-old dude to be able to do this, man. It's inspiring. Very, yeah. Like just walking in this space, Mm. you know, you already feel like you just want to do more. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Keen. All right, I want to start off, man. Um, I want to have a bit of a deep dive into who you are growing up who you transitioned into and who you are now. So I think we'll start off growing up, where you're from, childhood, and we'll just go from there. Sounds good, brother. Uh, so I grew up in a little country town called Woodford. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah, of that area. I know Woodford. Yeah, yeah, bro, the hood of wood. So I uh, <laughs> grew up in there, like a really good childhood. Parents are awesome, siblings amazing, um, really good friends and everything. But I guess trying to compress the story a little bit because it is a long one. Mm. Uh, football took over my life at a really young age. So I think it was f- five years old I started yeah. playing. So I played under five, under sixes twice. NRL? Yeah, 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 yeah rugby league. Yeah. So, um, and for me, man, I was a big kid, you know, like by the time I was nine, I think I was almost like nearly six foot. So, yeah, well. And that was when we were running around with no boots on as well. Yeah, well. That's how old I am. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I'm 24 and I'm not even six foot. <laughs> yeah, dude. And there's, there's pictures where it's like, I'm just this absolute freak running around on the field and there's kids like up to my waist and stuff. So obviously having going through that phase and Mm. understanding that I was the gentle giant uh, and that actually got forced upon me because I started to notice that I was able to hurt kids, not knowingly, like it's not like I went out there to, because I was such a kind, gentle kid, Mm. but I was just so much stronger than everyone, right? And I still remember this game. I told this on the Blokes Prosper potty as well. I only remembered it when I was telling them is that mm. there was this game where there's this kid, I threw him on the ground and I like destroyed his face, bro. His teeth fell out, all this stuff. And the parents and stuff were on the sideline like swearing at me like, he's too fucking big for this playing and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. To me, I think that was a traumatic experience because mm. that I think changed the way I um, approached a lot of things. Mm. I felt like I had to play down how big I was. Did it have an effect on the way you viewed yourself as well? I think so. Yeah. I think when I think about it more and more, that was sort of the transition where I started to, yeah, sort of not be as good as I could be Mm. because I felt like I didn't want to stand out anymore. Yeah. You know, because when I did, when I used my full strength, my full abilities, look what happened. Yeah. (laughs) I had parents yelling at me and shit, you know. So I think subconsciously I took on this effect where it was like, hmm, maybe I'll just step back a little bit. Mm. Maybe I'll be the shy kid. Maybe I won't have a big voice. Maybe I won't do this, this, and this. You know, and I talk. The more I talk about it, I said to someone the other day. I think um, a lot of times I tend to step back if I'm 
in a comp- competitive space, you know, where it's like playing games or I, I usually used to try not to win things because mm. I was always naturally good at everything. Yeah. And that's not coming from a space of on the man. Yeah, it yeah. was literally, I was just good at fucking everything I did mm. and I felt bad. Yeah. You know, cause I'd been given this height and everything and I almost felt like, Oh no, you man, you go, you know, like I always sort of kicked back a little bit. So, um, just a touch on, this what you're mentioning now do you think that dates back to that experience that you had in the field with the parents yelling at you on the field saying you're too big and you shouldn't be involved do you think that's what kind of led to that was the start having of it. those thoughts yeah that was the start of it i think then i started to notice <laughs> it at school because i used to get bullied and stuff and you know, I know you're thinking like how's this giant get bullied yep. but you see it all the time man because the big kids usually are the gentle ones yeah because they know if they they do something they're going to hurt someone mm-hmm. which usually that's what happened when i did snap mm-hmm. i hurt someone so it was that Let's okay. Let's not do that. Let's stay hidden. Let's stay in our shell. So going through school, man. Obviously, again, kept playing footy. Uh, got picked up by um, a coach over here, Rob Bruff, the Channel Seven news reader. Oh, nice. So Rob saw me when I was playing <laughs> against him in the club level and that sort of thing. Mm. So I moved out of home at about fourteen yeah. to come live up the coast because I live so far away. Mm. So I'm moved out of home, right? I'm moved yeah. in living with other people. Shout out to the Andrews, the Bannisters, like those families looked after me during school, man, and. I'm now best mates and have been since since I was 14 years old, right? I'm 31 yeah. now. So awesome. incredibly grateful for the support I had around them. My parents, dad driving me to school every week and taking me back home. Yeah. But going to this big school, bro, from a small school, fuck, it was intimidating. Mm. This is where the real shit begins. Yeah. This is the, this is a lot of kids, man, will take school bullying and school conditioning and system, systematic conditioning into their adulthood. Mm. And these are the things where I started to notice if you're not wearing the right shoes, you're not, you don't have a cool backpack, you don't have the right haircut, mm. you're going to get picked on. Yeah, You're going to have someone talk shit. It just takes that one thing to stand out for a group of people just to attack you for basically no reason. Exactly. Whether my – I look too Asian because I did look a little bit Asian when I was younger. Yeah. Like, I got picked on for that. Like, just crazy. So, yeah, but obviously still playing footy. I was obviously doing really well with it. Got picked up by the Broncos at, I think, 16 – yeah, uh, 15, 16 in development and then by the time I finished school uh, I'd got to the point where they offered me a full-time contract to come and live down in Brizzy and be part of the top squad and everything so but I decided not to take it because yeah. by that time there was years where I'd played like 60 or 70 games man mm-hmm. most kids play about 25, 30 it's exhausting very and I had a lot of injuries yeah and we'll get to why that I think that's why it happened um but during all that, what I missed was that when I had to go down to training for the Broncos, mm. I used to get so fucking nervous that it would turn into full-blown depression mm. because I was so scared to be around all these new people because I was so shy. Yeah. I the, the thought of being down there and being judged and being around all these guys I don't know mm. freaked me out so much for two weeks. Literally, I would know training's coming mm. and I'd freak out that whole time. Yeah. So it's in my mind. So... I took that into, okay, well, f- this is what the feelings that football causes. I'm just going to get out of it. Yeah. So I turned down the contract. Obviously, everyone was a bit disappointed, but it's my life, right? So, mm. But that, I think, was a catalyst because it's going from, hey, you're going to be an NRL superstar to jokes you're working at your local IGA. Yeah. And look, shout out to IGA. No problem working at your local grocery yeah. store or whatever, guys. I'm, I'm not judging anyone. It's just that for me as a kid – what do you think the first thing I did when I left school? Yeah. I'm judging myself. Everyone else is at uni. Everyone's getting apprenticeships, all the sort of thing. 
Well, because through school, like you said, you experienced being a victim of bullying. And then when you go through that, you start becoming a massive judgment on yourself and you start criticizing everything you're doing because it can make you confused and unsure because you want to believe one thing about you. But you got a group of people telling you a complete opposite and negative, all these, you know, just hateful words. And you try not to believe and tap into that. But it's hard to separate them both as well. And then when you start having thoughts of, you know, self-judgment and conflict within yourself of what you want to do, it can kind of entwine and in just being lost in identity as well. Mm, that's a great point, lost identity, because I never yeah. identified as a footy player. Mm. I always knew I was different. I was the creative kid, bro. I was like the the kind soul, the emotional one. Mm. And I always cop shit from it. And I still do to this day from the yeah. boys. I'm still mates with them. Like, don't get me wrong, man. I love all those boys I played footy with. And, you know, it's it's just, it's schoolboy stuff, you know. It's yeah. men stuff. It's boys stuff. They talk shit. But when you start to get into it and you understand what that can do to some people who aren't strong enough to sort of deal with that, you get told you're fat enough, mm. enough times, you're going to take that on internally. Yeah. Or I used to get teased for my man boobs. Yeah. You know, cause I've got this condition called gynecomastia. Mm. So it was like causes like a enlarged gland. Mm. So I used to get picked on about that a lot of times. And that, I've taken that through up until I'm 31. Right. Yeah. I wear clothes that are a bit baggier so you can't see it. And that's, mm. which, you know, I speak so much about not caring what people think, but that's still something I struggle with. Yeah. I think because subconsciously I just, for so many years, let it dominate me. So yeah, bro. So obviously went into that working at IGA. Then that led into trying different jobs. Just that identity thing, man. I just didn't know who the fuck I was. What age were you at this time? So I was 18, 19. And then I met Grace, I think at 19 or 20. Yeah. That was my girlfriend for six years. And she's the one that really helped me get out of my comfort zone. Because mm. I was that small town kid. I'm sitting in my room gaming most nights to hide mm. away from my feelings and everything, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then Grace was the one that sort of mentioned that we need to get away. She knew. Yeah. She knew this was the best way to grow. So mm. she wanted to move up. We were going to move up with my best mate, Tice, up to Mackay mm. to play footy up there, which we did. We went up there, went through an experience. Uh, it was amazing. Met some new people, got out of my comfort zone, grew so much. Mm. But the same thing, man. I just didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was still playing footy. Got two of my worst injuries. Destroyed my wrist and got a massive concussion, slipped my skull open. Yeah. Sure enough, injuries come back again. Mm. And then uh, we moved away, came back to the coast, I think. And then we went to Sydney. Yeah. And that's when I actually went down to study and found my job at Rebel Sport. And this is where things changed. Mm -hmm. Because Rebel Sport, for me... I found something I was good at. Yeah. And it was talking to people. Mm. It was being a service, helping yeah. people. I know it was on a smaller scale, but I was connecting with people. Mm. I wasn't a really good salesman. I was just really good with people. Was this like the first time in your life you felt comfortable mm. speaking with someone like strangers and other people that you wouldn't know? Exactly. Like, because like, when you say you went down to the Broncos, you had that fear of you don't know what to expect really when you're speaking to these new people. So exactly. would you say going to Rebel was the first time? Yeah, it got me comfortable with speaking to new yeah. people all the time because it's just like anything. I've mentioned this a lot where I guess you go to the gym, you do reps, you get stronger, yeah. right? Same thing with getting out of your comfort zone. You get you deal with these anxieties and all these other things because you consistently break them down, you break the walls down. If you get out of your comfort zone so much and meet new people, it becomes second nature. Yeah. You know, you do bench press enough, you're going to lift more weight. Yeah, exactly. It just mm. it just is what it is. There's no real special tools to it. And I know it sounds more simple than it is. 
I understand it. I've been through severe mental health issues. But end of the day, guys, for anyone listening, you just have to get in there and do the hard work. Yeah, repetition. Repetitions. Because what that led to me doing was I got comfortable finally in a new job, started yeah. to find an identity. Uh, and then a few things happened. We moved back to the coast and I changed jobs thinking, okay, I'm going to grow now. I'm going to – because, again, I'm still looking at everyone else, what they're doing. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, I'll get into a higher-end sales job. Yeah. Tried car sales. Fucking hated it. Mm. I hated it so much that I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I got to a point one day, I just had I'd had the worst couple of weeks, bro, like to the point where, and I had another person there like on my back. I always, for some reason, at every job I went to, civil construction, all this shit, I always had one guy that gave it to me. Yeah. It was like at school. I always had one person. One guy. I don't know if it was because I was like, tall or some shit. Did you feel like you couldn't escape it? Yeah. Not just like this one person specifically, but like that type of energy in general. Yes, it seemed yeah. to follow me everywhere I went. Mm. No matter how nice I was, I always had some fuckwit that would decide that they're going to pick on me or mm. give it to me because they thought they could Yeah. until I break one day. Mm. And that's when they pull their head in because I tell them I'm going to pull it off. Mm. So yeah. it just it's sad to think that people will take advantage of someone who's kind or who they think is kind to the point until they break. And the thing is to like, like you said, it's just, it's sad that it takes to the point where you're going to break someone for them to realize what they're doing is not just an inconvenience, but it has such a detrimental effect on the people around them. Mm. Now, like the person of bullying is having a detrimental effect to them and the people in that energy and that vicinity of all of it as well. It affects everyone. And um, I think you're doing the right thing now with your podcast and being open about your story and everything we've spoke about so far here, because you're being open about who you are, but someone who you, who is listening to one of your podcasts might be that person and it mm. might open their minds to, oh shit, people actually feel like this when I act like this. Maybe I can change it. Yeah, Maybe. that's a great point. You're triggering like a train of thought in people. They might realize, because they might not see it and that's what I see now, but yeah. I've got so much love and understanding for everyone because they're only doing what they can with what they know. Mm. And a lot of it's just conditioned. You know, they may he may have been bullied by someone at school mm. and then I triggered something in him. Actually, I think it was that. I think because he used to get bullied by the footy boys, he just assumed I was a footy boy Yeah, because I looked it. But I wasn't. I'm a dork, bro. I'm a gamer. I love superheroes. Yeah. I draw. Yes, I play football and I love sport and I'm good at it. It doesn't mean I'm within. And again, I'm not putting football players into a basket either. Yeah. But what you're saying is that you're not just a football player. Exactly. Like there's, there's, there's a lot more to me. Like Travis is not just a footballer. Like yeah. There's so much to you that you identify with. There's not just that one single thing. I would call myself a basketballer, bro. Yeah, I see your clips, bro. <laughs> I You're love good. it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and that's the thing. He, unfortunately, I triggered something in him. Mm. And this is another thing, guys, that I'd love everyone to learn is that if someone is triggering something within you, it's something you must work on too mm. because that shouldn't be how it is. Even if it's a, a woman, a man, the masculine, the feminine, if something they say or do triggers you, you need to look at that. Because it's the universe trying to tell you you need to sort that shit out. Definitely. No, I so agree with you because I had this realization not too long ago myself. I had had certain energy around me that was bringing an energy to me that my reaction to it was like a close off type, you know, reaction. And then when I sat with the thought of what's actually happening here, I realized that other person's not the problem. It's my reaction. And how I react to this person will determine how I feel. Mm. So once I change my inner dialogue on my reaction and my emotions and how I cope around this certain energy, 
it came to a point where I was no longer bothered being around this certain person because I was so detached from that emotion that I used to feel being around this person to now this emotion that I now have, which is now in my consciousness because I'm I'm so in the moment with being present and how I feel. So that really does resonate with me. And also it's a good tip to tell the listeners as well, you know, like find a way to react. If something triggers you, react to it and you know, reach out to someone, do some study, um, write down journaling because when you write out journaling, you start writing and then you start thinking of stuff you wouldn't even think of mm-hmm. and you learn so much about yourself. So just go out there and look for resources and sources and anything that can help you counteract your reaction to triggering. I love that, dude. And it's um, when you when you think about it, try to think of it in a way that you respond. Mm. So emotionally, you're going to want to, like we said, trigger, it's going to trigger a reaction. If you can just take a breath, take a breath for a second, think about what your situation you're in and then just go from there. And this is exactly what I didn't do during these times because as I was leading to, I had a fucking horrible couple of weeks at this place. Uh, I won't name where it was because look, they did their best with what they knew, as I said. And I got to a point where one day I was just so down on myself, man. I was like, fuck, I'm useless. I'm shit. I, don't know what I'm doing. Like, why am I doing this job? I was driving home and I got to a point where, I don't know if, do you know that big clown's roundabout? Oh yeah. The one that splits off the corner link way and goes straight forward. It's like you can turn left to go to Cloundra or you can turn right to go up to the race course and stuff. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I, I used to work near there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where all those car yards and stuff yeah. are. So I was coming around that where that pie van is mm. mashing, mashing yeah, pies and peas and stuff. Yeah. And that little dirt patch, bro, something just clicked and I was like, fuck it. I'd made the decision I'm going to kill myself. Mm. I'd been thinking about it for about a couple of minutes because it just hit me. I was like, I've had enough. I'm done. Mm. And that's, and if anyone has ever experienced this or thought about it, which I hope not many people have or anyone, you actually gain a bit of clarity in your life and you actually become really happy Mm. because you think all the pain is going to end. But that's not how it happens at all like you know in yourself that this is just a temporary thing um that you're feeling but again i didn't know any of this so i just thought yep this is the way to fix it i'm going to do this and but the last second as i went literally was about to hit the trees there something snapped brought the car back on fishtailed a little bit brought it back on the road Mm. and just broke down crying because I realized I'd just done, was about to do something very fucking stupid. Yeah. And obviously it was going to harm a lot of people, not just myself. Um, but again, I totally get to how people can get to that space. Definitely. 100%. Mm. Um, but we don't want people to get to that point. No. So that's why we talk about these things. So, um, yeah, that's when Gracie and I were thought, of, thought, well, we need to get back to Sydney. So moved back to Sydney again, went back to Rebel Sport because, hey, I was good at it. Mm. So I was happy again. Well, what I thought was happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, just some things happened. Um, Gracie and I went our separate ways. And within that same, literally, I think it was like within a week, this is when we start to think about synchronicities and the universe telling us we need to do a certain thing. Yeah. I just met the Manly manager, Manly Seagulls. Again, football comes back in my life somehow. Yeah. Just meets me at Rebel and he's like, oh, you're a big boy. You play footy? I was like, oh, yeah, you used to. You should come down for a preseason. Oh, really? Yeah. I literally was about to get a preseason with Manly Sea Eagles. Yeah, well, because I'd play football and my mate was playing for him at the time. So 
And then, yeah, this all happened. And then I destroyed my knee playing basketball, tore my ACL, meniscus, collateral ligaments, fractured the patella. Literally the worst knee injury you could have. Yeah. I did it. Now that I look back, it was definitely happened for me. Mm. 100% because Gracie and I had split up. Uh, my best mate's brother was actually down in Sydney. Mm. The next day, he's pretty much like, hey, do you need to go back to Woodford? I was like, yep. Yeah. Chucked all my shit in his truck. Drove me straight back up to my little country town, had the surgery on my knee and I was in bed being looked after by mum again and she's emptying my piss bottle because I can't move. Yeah. So if you look at, I thought I'd gone back to happiness, as I said, mm. go back down and working at Rebel, living on the beach in the Bellagio, yeah. like <laughs> fancy, <laughs> fucking sick, thinking it's a sick life, but there was yeah. so much more that was still wrong with me, bro. So this is just another learning factor where... I've been put back in this really dark place again, back in my depression and I had a decision to make mm. and I thought, fuck it. I'm going to do something about my life. Finally, I'm going to f- do some personal development. I started to listen to impact theory by Tom Bilyeu. Shout yeah. out Tom Bilyeu. Nice. He's going to be on my podcast one day. So what age is this? That was at 26, I think. Yeah. yeah. So what was that? 2000, end of 2006. No, 16, sorry. 2016. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, started, Started listening to that and then all of a sudden started a clothing brand with my best mate because I had all the spare time. Start learning about all this stuff and then sure enough, get a call from the brand new Rebel at North Lakes. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, Trevor, here you back in Queensland. You want a job? Mm. Sick. My knee heals up. I get a brand new car somehow. I can teed it up with my old work. Everything starts working out. Yeah. I start developing. I start growing. I'm driving to work an hour each way listening to podcasts. Yeah. So when... um. When everything started working out for you, was there that fear that everything was going to drop off again or were you just riding the high? No, I was on a high, man. I think because of things I was learning from Tom Bilyeu and all these guests, Mm. I realized that everything can go right. Mm. There's going to be times where it's going to be shit, Mm. but if you focus on, yeah, why not? Why can't I have it? Why aren't I worthy to get everything going right for me? Exactly. That's exactly what started happening. Mm. Sure enough, started focusing on the good shit. Yeah. Um. And that's really where my discovery journey started. So what's that, five years ago? Yeah. Five, five, yeah. five years ago. So went through that growth again, moved to North Lakes, got another girlfriend that didn't work out. So still had a lot to work on. I was still depressed, mm. still not not right. Um, that all happened. And then I just went single, finally single yeah. for the first time in my life for like a year and a bit. And uh, sure enough, more development happening. Became like the fittest I'd ever become. I was doing a lot of personal de- development stuff. And uh, I was actually had to get surgery again. And I was up the coast from Woodford. Yeah. And I'm scrolling through Tinder. Mm. I didn't have this stuff when I was younger, when I was single. So I'm like, ah, yeah, fuck it, I'll get on there. Yeah, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Sure enough. Yeah. This, uh, this cheeky little Canadian was here with her friend. Yeah. Shout out Tams, who is now my partner of two and a half, three oh, years now. Shout out Tams. Yeah, mm. man. Um, she was here on the coast just on a little holiday with her friend, Nicole. Now, I tell this story because this is where I learned about manifestation. Mm. I kid you not, like a month or so before this, I'm saying to one of my best mates, who's the one that went with me to this night, Yeah, man, I really want to meet someone from overseas, blue eyes, dark hair, really lovely person, not jealous. I literally like, Everything that Tams is, yeah, I said this. That's awesome. Dude, yeah. and sure enough, the fact that I said yes to that opportunity too that night to go, yeah. I could have said no because I wasn't meant to drink because I had surgery the next day. Yeah. 
turn out to be the best decision ever made. That's the universe aligning everything for you. Exactly. Because you're putting your energy out there. That's it. And, and saying yes to things like letting opportunities come to me and just being open to those sort of things too. And again, I mentioned this story, guys, because that is where I really started to understand, you know, if, if you're doing all the right things, you're putting in the work, you're focusing on the good, good things can come to you. And, but you do need to be ready for them. You do need to say yes to a lot of stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, then we went, went on a bit of a journey together, man. We, um, we were doing really well and Tams decided to go back to Canada to uh, see her parents. Mm. Brown, brown, COVID hits oh, about yeah. three months later. And again, Trav's back into depression. This is last year. Yeah. Because I don't know if I'm ever going to see her again. Mm. The way the world was going, dude, it was almost like, I mean, ultimately I was going back to seeing psychologists again. I lost yep. my job. I had this sick job with Vast. Shout out Vast. They really looked after me. Nevsky, CJ, team, M. I really were amazing. But shout, I just, shout out to them. Dude, they were so understanding. Um, yep. I had a panic attack one day during work because I just – it was just overwhelming, man. You know, the, the unknown is such a scary thing. Mm. And that's where the anxiety obviously really struggles with Definitely. that. Definitely. Yeah. You know, to, to think that you're never going to see the person you've just fallen in love with mm. ever again and you can't control that, that fucked me up. For sure. Because at the start of COVID, man, no one really knew what was going to happen. Like it was just it was a bit of like, it was just freaky. Like yeah. there's just so many unknowns and it was just confusing. And especially when your partner's in another country to you and unsure if you're going to see her again. Like that's a challenging thing to deal with. So, Dude, even thinking about it just freaks me out because it was – I think I've been through some hard times, but last year really fucked me up. What really helped you cope in that moment? Ooh, that's a great question because I think this will help a lot of people that are probably going through some stuff at the moment. Uh, for me, dude, I, I was doing a lot of learning, mm. a lot of learning, trying to keep my ma brain busy. Uh, I was hanging out with my best mate, Christian. We actually started tried to start a business during it. Yeah. I don't know how we managed to get to the point we did with Arcadian Coaching. Mm. It was an amazing experience and it obviously was meant to happen, right? Because this is where the technician came from. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, like I said, guys, I did a lot of – I was sleeping really well, was eating really well because obviously we had support last year from the government. I'd never been on support, but I was grateful for it. You know, for the situation I was in, I just couldn't work. I was so fucked up. Yeah. So to be able to get the support and allow myself to rest and, you know, get the sleep, game where I needed to, um, hang out with friends where I needed to. Mm. I yeah, it all, it all sort of just developed. And then Christian and I were walking along the beach one day and he's like, man, I love how you try to rewire my mind. You're like a technician. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That is cool. That's cool. I didn't take that that day, but yeah. it came back eventually because we were like, let's start a podcast for Arcadian. Let's do this, this and this. Unfortunately, KP was going through his own stuff um, and he was in a really bad place too. Yeah. So we just ended up sort of going our separate ways. I'm Still really good mates. Sending him healing energy. Yeah, bro. And and he he needs it. I think he's still probably struggling a little bit. He's doing really well now. Yeah. I'm grateful for him and grateful for his partner who's looking after him too. But mm. you know, I do miss him. But yeah. it's that point where he just... He's one of those guys that, and this is what a lot of men struggle with, he felt like he was a burden to me. Yeah. You know, he didn't want to have to tell me stuff. Even though I am this person, I'm this guy that wants to help and yeah. even though I was doing going through my own shit, I still wanted to help him. Yeah, definitely. Because I felt like I knew how to. Mm. But in the end, it just be probably became too much. He's like, I don't want to have to talk about this. I don't want, he just went in his own space. So, yeah. which is fine. But um, 
funnily enough, I was doing my own thing. And then one day I said to Tams, I sent her a profile of someone. You're going to like this. I sent her a profile of this guy and I was like, check this guy's stuff out. I really like what he's talking about. That carnivore, breath work. What is, what is this? Mm. Jordan Potts. Oh, I shall Jordy. Pottsy, bro. <laughs> so we just, I'm actually going to dinner with him tomorrow night. Um, and dude, again, synchronicities, universe yeah. pushing me in this direction. Mm. Four days later, I'm at Kwana Farms Market with my mate I hadn't seen in ages, Andy. Yeah. Shout out Andy. I'm fucking giving shout some shout Andy. outs. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Andy, I hadn't seen him in ages. And he's like, bro, what are you doing tomorrow morning? Let's go to the farmer's markets. Mm. And I'm in my fucking dark space. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to do shit. Yeah. But for some reason I said, you know what? Yeah, cool. Mm. We're up at seven in the morning. We went down there, met him and his girlfriend and his parents. It was fucking cool as. And I'm just, we're just standing there in the middle. And then all of a sudden this dude walks up with his missus. I'm like, hold on. Is that, is that, is that, that guy? Yeah. Sure enough, Jordan Potts and Nicola. Wow. And uh, literally, long story short, I'm at his house that afternoon doing breath work and uh, Wim Hof breath work and ice baths. Literally, hey. that he goes, Do you boys want to come around? It's almost like he could tell Christian and I were struggling. Yeah. Because I got KP to come as well and he did that, which was awesome. Um, but that's where my journey started for real. This is yeah. where the real fucking development started because I was like, Oh, this is different. Mm. This is a different sort of space. Breathwork, what's this shit? The thing is, man, that was all, all that style from that day from a small choice that you made to leave the house. Exactly. And it's the small choices in life that determine where we can end up for the people we meet, for the connections we get, for the ideas we can get just walking the street and seeing something click. Oh, think of that business idea. Think of that for content. Think, you know, there's so much that can happen just from one decision. Literally, bro. It's and, amazing. And one person, from right? One person as well that you went and met. Yeah, and then that sort of led to what happened after that, basically. Oh, sorry. Um, so when you went back to POTS for um, breath mm. work, yep. um, was this your first time doing breath work and ice bath? First time ever. Yeah, and how did you find it the first time? Were you Unreal. open to it? Fucking mind blown. Yeah. I was a little bit like KP and I were looking at each other when we first started. We were like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but then the feeling we got from it, I was like, yeah. what was that? I had a little bit of a release, but because yes. I was closed off, it didn't go the whole way, obviously. Mm. And uh, that's when I started researching all the, like, Wim Hof, all these different guys. Uh, started looking into things like Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. Um, going into the quantum and understanding rewiring minds. And, hey, the yeah. technician was born. Yeah, I love it. Started thinking about it. And I was like, hmm, yeah. I want to be of service. I want to get into this holistic health. And I started uh, Cert 4 in fitness, thinking PT would be a great place to start. Yeah. Uh, then I thought, I'll start a podcast. Bro, the podcast took seven months for me to start it. Yeah. I I had got the logo made. I had my little dude drawn up. I put the fucking poster on my lounge room wall mm. thinking if I see it every day, it'll make me do it. Yeah. Seven months it took me to get mm. into it. During that time, Tams came home in September. So we were apart for about eight months. So then her getting back instantly, I was fine again. You know, like it was just like that relief. And then I was like, hmm, what am I doing now? Yeah. <laughs> Went back to Rebel again, just a casual, just to work again. I started the podcast in March this year, I think it was, April. I think that's the universe, just making sure the timing's right, aligns yeah. with you. 100%. Sure. And that mm. it was just a day that felt good. Mm. I was like, yep, today I was terrified. Yeah. Literally stuttering, sweating, face was red. I even said it in. I was like, oh, I don't know if you guys can notice, but I'm really nervous. <laughs> yeah. And um, it just got crazy good feedback. Mm. And then uh, from that, my first guest was Joshy Sherwell. Oh, yeah. 
and it was amazing. We spoke for like two and a half hours. Yeah, wicked. And I could just feel I was like, yeah, this is this is what I'm supposed to do. And then that I started to learn more about that. Kept studying, getting into coaching, meeting all these cool people. And then I meet Jess Radford, one of my good mates now through Rebel. She moved here from Victoria. Yeah. From a little place that a certain someone's from as well. Yeah. Mr. Toddy Jarrett. Toddy Jarrett. And Jess goes, Trav, you should get this guy on your podcast. Yeah, well. And I'm kid you not, bro. I'm just like, fucking, what is happening? Yes. <laughs> just so you guys know, Todd's now one of my best mates. I've only known him for like maybe three or four months. Yeah. Uh, but we've just had a really cool connection and absolute legend of a person dude incredible him. and now he's part of this circle that we're exactly, all part of yep. look at this circle that's been created yeah, like i get goosebumps I'm not even like, i actually had goosebumps thinking about it. i just thought that when i was mm. saying that i was like my heart started to pump a bit yes. faster because i'm like i'm stoked with the really high consciousness level yeah of the sunshine coast right now yeah, because it feels like, man, like it feels like physically I can be home, but when I'm in these circles of people, it feels like my soul's at home. You know mm. what I mean? Ooh, like I feel, cool. I feel like I'm coming through heaven's gates. I'm being yeah. accepted without judgment. I'm my authentic self. I don't have to, you know, try and pose this person who I used to be. I can just be me and I'm just accepted and, you know, just connecting with so many people, man. Do you feel like when you go to stillness, you float down to the fucking circle pretty much? Yes. <laughs> like, because literally the first person I see is running up to me, giving me a hug. And like, it might be someone I don't know. It might be someone I know. But the first person just like sprinting like, hello, yeah. give me a hug. And then the next person, you know, like hugging every single person and you sit down then you do the breath work and then you do the connection with a random person you don't mm. know. And then you go into like a deep breath work slash meditative state. And it's just like, man, my Sundays have changed since I went to stillness. Dude, and yeah, guys, you need to get to a stillness session. Yeah. It's cool to be conscious. Mm. It, or even, there's so many people now doing breath work yeah. workshops and stuff, and there, there's some very amazing people on the coast. Gold Coast, Brizzy, they're all popping up everywhere, which is sick. You know, it's yeah, great to see. Sure. I, I now am in a space where, obviously, I'm in the wellness space and trying to become the coach within that same sort of stuff. Don't really care too much about PT anymore because I just couldn't care less how people look. Yeah. Although there's a lot more to PT, I know. There's a lot more, like, they help with mental and happiness and everything. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it's just I want to work with things like the subconscious, mm. you know, with Toddy's um, that he's going to be doing with his yeah. identity system and just understanding conditioned beliefs and trying to help people just find their happiness, man. Yeah. And that's what the technician is. It's rewire the mind and body. Yeah. You know, the body, there's something I heard Dr. Espen say last week. Mm. It's actually a book I've just discovered. Yeah. The body is a barometer of your soul. Yeah. Like that is mm. profound, man. It is, yes. You know, like the comments, the main comments I get recently, especially young Dan over here. Yeah. He's like, how old are you? And I, when I said 31, his pants nearly fell off. Yeah. He was like, what the fuck? You are not. And even Jaron last night, he's sitting there like, you're not 31. You're yeah. Just, you're lying. I was like, dude, why am I lying? Like, Yeah. I didn't. I, I thought the same when you first told me you're 31. Oh, wait I till I take my hat off and the yeah. recito comes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and, but the reason I mentioned that guys is because obviously I'm not sitting here being like, yeah, I look so young, but yeah, I mean, I feel good. Yeah. It's the healthiest I've ever you felt. You look good. Thank you. Yeah, you do. So do you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's it's those things, those little things that I've started to incorporate now where yep. now that I understand internal health, the link between gut health and mental health mm. is so important. The it story is. the story I just recently heard, I won't mention who the person is, but this blew me away. Basically, his mum was in a real bad way, bro, like mm. horrible way, and he needed to get her help. Yeah. Took her to a place up in the hinterland, I think it was, 
It's a 10 day. It costs like $50,000. He just said, no, nah, I need to do it. Yeah. First thing they said to him, what's she eating? He's like, what are you, fuck you, what are you talking about? Mm. You're trying to help her mental health, aren't you? Like, we are. This is where we start. Yeah. Literally within the first few days, they fixed her diet up and everything, got her nutrition right, got her gut health sorted. Uh, and then obviously the 10 days, they worked on a lot of other things. Mm. She come out the other end amazing. Yeah. And she was bad, man. Like some wow. bad stuff had happened. And That's powerful. Yeah. And, and I mean, look, I'm, I'm not a professional. I'm not a yeah. nutritionist or anything. I'm just saying these are my personal experiences and stories that I've heard. Mm. But I, it's becoming more and more obvious that even myself, like I've eliminated a lot of foods that are obviously inflammatory to me. Mm. You know, my guts were playing up all the time, which was, I'm assuming, were causing a lot of my mental health issues. Yeah. And the fact that I wasn't happy with what I was doing in life. It all links up together. It's, Physical, it's, mental, it's a combination. internal health, man. Like... I can relate to that because I have a chronic kidney disease and I got diagnosed in 2016. And what, what they told me was, was um, like, it's that rare. They couldn't actually tell what it was. They can only like pinpoint it to the closest thing it relates to. But they said to me, even 10 years, my kidneys are going to fail. And now it's been like five, probably six years and they're actually getting better. Of course. Yeah. But that's from me like quitting alcohol, not quitting alcohol, but like not drinking like every weekend or every yep. second weekend. Um, changing what I eat, what I consume, like less soft drink, you know, less bad foods, man. And just trying to change the way I just consume things and make sure I get my vitamins up and nutrition as well, mm. you know, man. Like I'm not perfect. I have days where I, you know, eat a Big Mac or something. But Same, bro. I yeah, love KFC. Zinger stackers, man. <laughs> yeah. Zinger box. But overall, man, like I try and make sure I focus on um, just food to make me feel good. And over time, you know, like chronic kidney disease is pretty full on, but – it's just every time I get blood test, it's an improvement. Like exactly. they're getting better. And it just shows how important it is of what we consume, not just energy wise, but consume food and nutrition, man. It shows how much of an effect it can have on our body overall, mental health or physical health. So once you change up your diet or, you know, get your gut health under control, you can control a lot of things about you, your health overall. Oh, dude. And even there's one thing you said in there, which is, this is something that has really played on my mind. You know when you always have a doctor that says you've got three years to live? Mm. That blows my... Why, why does he get to decide? Yeah. Or And look, this isn't me trying... Like, doctors are amazing. Yeah. They save lives. They heal. Mm. But they're not... Like, I find there's a different space where you get into these holistic vibes where it's preventative. Yeah. And you can heal from things. You can do all this other stuff. You don't have to mm. take this label and be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to die in three years. I'm done in three years. And to that day, I've seen people, I've heard of people that they're told they've got six months to live. Literally to the day on that six months is done, they're gone. Yeah. Because they've they've taken in their head and their subconscious that, shit, okay, I've got six months to go. Mm. And we have a living testament with Toddy Jarrett. Mm. He got yes. told. Yeah that his ulcerative colitis was going to kill him. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. How, how well is he doing now? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, he still has his struggles yeah, for sure. sure but man. I mean, yeah. no, he's healing. I shouldn't say struggles. He's, he's just healing. healing. He's yeah. gone through his process. So he's doing well, man. He just, he can't sit there. And when I said that, the words are so important, right? Mm. You know, there's, there's things where I did my first public speaking thing a few weeks back at Exalto with a few yeah. amazing people. And Daz, Darren is a kinesiologist. We were talking about how powerful words are. Yeah. And he got me to hold my arm up mm. and say, try, try, try. And he just could, he could push my hand so easily. Yeah. And then it was like, I think I 
I'm doing or doing or like send me love or, or something like I can do this, I can do this. Mm. It couldn't move me at all. Yeah. Because the words are so powerful. So oh, if you man. give anything power, it can eventually take over, right? And I hear a mm. lot of people say, and I mean, I used to do the same thing. I have depression. Yeah. I have anxiety. And I'm not saying that they don't, but the more you give it power, mm. the stronger it can be. That is, yeah, that is so true, man. Once you put your focus to it too, and it's not just like that, but when someone tells you you've got three years left to live, the amount of stress that puts on you too, man. That's what kills you. That's what kills you, that and then the belief that you're going to die. Mm. And then that just fastens the process, man. So when they told when they told me about, you know, like in 10 years' time, you know, you're only going to live like half your life, the first thing that comes to my mind, like, oh, shit, I'm dead. Yeah. And then like after a bit of time, I actually thought, what can I do in this present moment? to make sure I'm healthy today. And that's what actually changed me because I was more focused on now rather than getting caught up in the next 10 years, you know. And I think that's what heals you just for your own work and bring more belief into your own mental. 100% dude. And you're obviously doing very well with all the stuff you're doing. Yeah. You're walking the talk. And look guys as well, when I when I speak a lot of on my podcasts or whoever I talk to, I don't want anyone to think I'm some like guiding light yogi. Like I... Like we were saying before, man, I drink piss. I still yeah. eat KFC. Mm. I just do it in relation to also making sure that eighty, yeah, about eighty percent of the week, yeah, I'm sticking to my things. Mm. I'm doing the meditation. I'm doing my breath work. I still need to get better with my ice baths because I'm just not doing enough of those. I do usually cold showers every morning. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm doing the things to make sure that I do stay on top of it. But I'm not perfect either. Yeah, I know I have days where I miss my gratitude journals. Mm. I have my days where I'm not doing my mirror work or I'm working on my business because I just can't be fucked. Yeah. I'm human. Yeah. You know, like I, I have those days where I'm just like, eh, who cares? I'm going to go game. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go spend time with Tams. But you need that balance in your life, man. You can't, like, it is so good to be on the self-development journey, but you can't make that your 110% of your lifestyle. you got to have times where you just enjoy moments of letting your hair down per se, you know, just enjoy life. Like if it's having the beer, if it's gaming, you know, um, playing basketball too, man, wherever it Oof. is, you got to involve that balance in your life. And that's when you'll create longevity and happiness because you're not so consumed by one thing. You got a balance of things that bring you happiness and joy and peace on a basic, not basic, sorry, on a consistent level. You know, man? So you're on a really good way of balancing things. And I think it's good that you've been so open about it because you're bringing realization to listeners in their life because in social media we can get caught up i'll speak for myself in like back in the day just watching someone you know and being like mm. this person's got figured out 24 7 like why am i the way i am but then i realized that like there's them on the camera and off the camera and then once i realized that i was able to create my own balance in life I'm like i don't have to be perfect or the quote quote what perfect is 110 percent of the time i can have my moments in life of balance it feels like you're doing that really well man yeah, and I think the biggest thing is, I think the biggest thing is as well is that um, I try to be as truthful as I can and mm. transparent. Yeah, I've always loved uh, Ice Isaac John from YKTR. Yeah, and the way he just who he is online is who he is in person. Mm. And I'm stepping into a space with his coaching stuff where, and we talked about it on the potty with him the other day. Unfortunately, audio was shit. Can't yeah. release it, guys. But um. He said, he's like, yeah, man, that fitness industry is fucked. Like, it, it is, can be very fake. Mm. There's some amazing PTs and stuff out there in, in the wellness space and all this yeah, other stuff. Sure. But there is a lot of people that I think are portraying, they're trying to p portray that they are perfect. Mm. And that's creating this really big discrepancy with 
especially younger women mm-hmm. and younger men. Yeah. Dude, I see men at the younger boys at the gym who are already on steroids. Yes. You know, like 16, 17, 18, mm. who they already have massive amounts of testosterone. Yeah. They don't need to increase that shit, but they want those quick gains. Mm. They don't want to work for the next 10 years. No, they want nice the next three months to jack them up. And it's just the um the effects that has overall health and mental health too, man. Mm. Well, even looking at themselves and judging themselves, there is this one kid there at um, the gym I go to. He is yacked. Yeah. Like his delts are so big and protruding. Mm. It's like, man, <laughs> you couldn't be more juiced to the gills if you tried. Yeah. Well. And, um, you know, you just look at him, you see all the other boys looking at him like, oh, yeah, what's he doing? Mm. But I feel sorry for him too mm. because what what forced him to get to that point mm. where he's feeling himself full of chemicals to, to be so concerned about how he looks Yeah, because to make that his self-worth. Yeah. And look, I don't know the kid. Mm. I'm just making an outside observation. Yeah. But this is usually the story behind it. Yeah. He's either been bullied at school and he now wants to show everyone how big and tough he can be. Yeah. How strong and good, he, good looking he can be. Mm-hmm. Get the women, all this sort of thing. Mm. And it creates this really toxic cycle. And, um, you know, and I, look, I've been there before. Yeah. I thought that my self-worth was tied to how I look. Mm. How I externally look. Do I have nice arms? Am I jacked? Do I have a six pack? All that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I went through that phase where I lost like 22 kilos. Yeah. I felt awesome. But I didn't really. Yeah. <laughs> when I look back at it, I was still depressed as fuck. Yeah. Still had no purpose in life or what I felt like. Yeah. That's because um, that's the thing with the external internal thing. You know, when you rely on external sources to be the judgment of your own internal happiness, you're not really going to find happiness longevity. Like you'll have moments of it when you rely on external sources, but at the end of the day, you got to go to bed with your own thoughts, man. And mm. when you start working on the internal, when those thoughts at night get easier, that's when you're doing the right thing. No. Oh, dude, hundred percent. I noticed that um, when I really started to get into this, you know, holistic sort of vibe and understanding, like, guys, I'm now learning about chakras. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm Device. twelve twelve months ago. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Oh, what the fuck's a chakra? What is this? Like, yeah. what's this spiritual? What's this vibration? What's this frequency? Would you like to shed a bit of light on chakra? Yeah. Well, yeah. if you talk about it in a scientific spot it's like energy cause of energy throughout your body Mm. so they start down at your root chakra uh, which is down around your feet and then you go up through i can't remember the exact names of them but you got like your crown chakra your third eye like um your sacrum like they're all tied to different things as well Mm. so like uh finance your health your root chakra is your health so if your root chakra is blocked then something's going to happen to your health and that sort of thing so Without understanding it enough just yet, because I've only started to get into it, I would highly recommend looking into it mm. because I always used to think, you know, chakras and all sort of stuff was just, yeah. you know, woo-woo. Yeah. Most men do because mm. it's usually some 60-year-old woman with dreads that's talking about it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but now, dude, we went to this Dr. Espen thing last weekend mm. and there's other kids like our age. There's other, you know, there was 21-year-olds. There was a 19-year-old there, wow. I think. You know, and if they're already learning about this stuff mm. at this age and learning about spirituality, uh, it's not as woo-woo as you might think, guys. Like, yeah, you know, understanding that because we during that whole story I just built up in myself was that there was a lot of things that happened that sound a bit, you know, yeah, what's going on there? Because like even meeting Tams, I look back and I'm like, 
man. How, the way that the world worked out or the universe worked out that day or that night mm. or that time, you just couldn't, you couldn't even write a book about it. Yeah. Things that the people that I've met, the things that have happened, uh, meeting Elise a couple yeah. of weeks ago who then told me about my past life. And I mean, I felt that shit. Yeah. When she was sitting there telling me, this is a 21-year-old woman that has just fell into her gifts of understanding. Like she can literally tell you about your past life. She was just sitting there and said, I feel something. This is what happened. And I just started breaking down crying when she told me. Mm. You know, it was so intense. It's a long story and I won't won't bore anyone with it. But guys, these things are real. Mm. These things are happening. And this is coming from a guy that was a football player for 16, 17 years. Yeah. I'm usually around tradies and athletes and guys that wouldn't really be into this stuff, but I'm now I've changed my circle. I'm around people that are open to this thing, mm. non-judgmental, like-minded. Yeah. And what do you think starts happening? Mm, exactly. You know, and you just become comfortable. You know, mm. we went to that um, mastermind last night. Last night, yeah. You come out buzzing. Yeah, you do. Like, yeah. um, just showing up was a huge thing for me. Cause now I got home, um, cause I live in Redcliffe and, um, I was like, you know, I'll drive up, I'll show up because I knew that I was going to receive energy from that, which was going to empower me. And when I showed up, I think you were the first person I saw when I got there. Yeah, I was right. like, Trev, I walked over to you, gave you a hug and then straight away I was like, I'm so glad I'm here. Yeah. Like, this is where I'm meant to be in this moment, in this time, you know. Like, I was meant to be there last night. And holy shit, guess what happened? What happened? You met Dan. And I met Dan, now I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> oh, Jaron's here. What's up, dog? Oh, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Snuck in there. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, man, like, obviously, yeah, these things have worked out for a reason. Mm, and I mean, sure. I met these boys too through Will. Yeah. Who I went to school with. I didn't even know, but we've connected recently because we're going down a similar sort of path. Yeah. He's now one of my good mates. Yeah, well. You know, it just... Just be open to this stuff, guys, because it, it, it has literally changed. Well, mm. it sounds like it's changed your life as oh, well. Oh, 100%. Mine, you know? so, a new term for me, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just, it's to the point where I'm so in control of my life because I'm so, like, I've stepped into my truth. Yeah. Everything I do is on my terms and what mm. I want to be doing. I might have to go back to work soon. Yeah. Because I've run out of money. And I'll be transparent about that because I just got too carried away with the, let's go have coffees, let's go to this event, let's yeah. do this. And I forgot about the systems and structures you need in a business mm. and just forgot that I have to actually make money to live. So yeah. <laughs> um, I just got too excited about all this other stuff. And I mean, look, the money will come. Like yeah. we were saying before when we are talking to Dan, it's like... That money you spent was an investment to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, I, I never think of money as like, oh, why did I do that? Why did I do this? It's just a form of energy. Yeah. It just allows me to do things, help people. Um, you know, building this podcast series that I've got coming up, mm. that'll be a monetary gain. Yeah. Uh, there's some other things. I'll finish my cert four. I'll start coaching. That'll bring money in. Oh, awesome. It's it's understanding that, I think I said it today on the podcast with Brad that I was doing. Mm. Uh, he went all in on becoming a flipper. Yeah. Buying and reselling full time. Mm. He's on his own terms. Yeah. But it was tough in the beginning. Mm. But we, we said, we we're like, guys, if there's something you really want to do, mm. understand it's not going to be easy starting out. But if you're waking up in a job that you fucking hate mm -hmm. and you struggle to get out of bed, that's a pretty good sign that you need to get out of it. You need Definitely. to change things. Yes. Because in those environments, man, it consumes you. You know, when you wake up every day dreading the day, 
you just dread life in general. Like, like for me personally, I was speaking my experience. Like everything just became a nuisance because I was waking up, going to a job that I hated. And I was just like, everything else that happened the day was just a nuisance. But like, it's not because the things that happened that were actually a nuisance. It was just my reaction to it because I had that mindset, you know, yeah. like, like I'd be a 7-Eleven pouring the Slurpee and I'll overspill, overspill it or something. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just stupid shit. But, yeah. you know, like it's just when you, you go get yourself out of those environments, um, when they're not bringing you any... Um, not bring you any reward in terms of you know well-being and mindfulness you know like once you step into an environment where you feel flourished where you feel like you're getting the reward out of it in return for mentally and mindfulness and everything that goes along with that you just see the changes that happens in your life oh dude we've seen it with the circle and look at these young boys here in this room now mm. They're doing amazing things, but now they've got the circle that can help empower them and do even better. Exactly. And, you know, even what you're doing with the kids, bro, up here in Nambour is incredible. You know, yeah. being able to help them. Like that story you just told me before, man, with yeah. that kid that was homeless. Yeah. And like on ice and stuff at what, 12 yeah. years old. Young age. That breaks me to think that there's kids that have mm. to go through that shit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's hard, man, because, you know, um, the kids go through... Like so many kids around the Sunshine Coast, I should speak on the Sunshine Coast and specifically because this is where we're based. And the Sunshine Coast, the amount of substance abuse, homelessness, um, crime, in and out of juvie, the rates are high, man. And there's not enough support out there to give back and, you know, give them places to live or offer them places to healthy way get off substances or, you know, just get a sustainable living lifestyle or even mentors. I think mentors are a big thing as well. So just trying to create more of a space out there. I think just having a good mentor in people's lives and especially kids, man, it might create a good domino effect for them to go to the next kid and be like, oh, yeah, I learned this from so-and-so and this is what they were saying. Well, your thoughts and maybe people can work on that. But, yeah, there is a big crisis and it's good that there's a lot of awareness coming to this type of stuff now, especially in the Sunshine Coast because when I started Mental Health Experience, um, I don't think I saw much awareness on mental health, but fast forward now, man, I just, I'm in a really, really good environment. The people with yourself, Blokes Prosper, Toddy Jarrett, um, Dave, cool to be conscious, cool to be conscious Ruin Ride, Dave, like, and also the people that I work with, like my team leader and um, my colleagues, man, and the people I've worked with along the way and the mentors I've had, man. It's really good that there's an impact happening out there, you know, whether it's for, the kids that I work with or whether it's for the people that you work with or Todd works with, it's good that there's so many people out here now just empowering a message. It feels like, to me, there's a massive, like, awakening happening. Mm. There's just this, dude, I can feel it. I had a friend just recently moved back from WA because she felt called to come back here. Yeah. Because she could see what was happening. Mm. She started to learn about, like, the higher consciousness stuff and getting into it and she saw everything that was happening here. She's like, I need to come home. She oh, fucking man. did. She just got home this week. Yeah, that's amazing. And she wants to catch up. I was like, yeah, 100%. We've got plenty to catch up on yeah. because uh, if there's one thing we're talking about, you're just talking about mentors, that's been the biggest help to me as well. Mm. You know, I, I haven't done any of this by myself. Mm. I mean, look, I've done some fucking hard work. I've put in a lot of hours and everything and effort to get to where I am now. But, I mean, I wouldn't be shit without not only my support network, like my parents, my girlfriend, Tamara. Tamara's amazing. She does so much for me, so supportive and loving. But they're my mentors, my mates, some of my best mates now. This little crew that uh, we've created with myself, Rip and Toddy, you know, mm. just 
Yeah, man. Like even Dr. Espen. Yeah. If if I can give anyone the best piece of advice for what's helped me in my life, it is getting rid of your fucking ego mm. and be willing to learn from everyone yeah. and anyone. And say yes more. Yeah, yeah, say yes more. And I mean, look, there is one thing that I started to burn out a bit recently because I was trying to help everyone. Mm. And I noticed that there's probably some people that are more taking than giving or you know like yeah. i don't do things to just get receivership out of it you know i'm never going to go into something and be like i'm only doing this if you pay me or whatever yeah but it gets to a point where it's like okay you're taking the piss now like mm. if you're not going to take any of my advice and what you're asking and actually put some effort in mm. i'm sorry but you have to start setting boundaries right yeah for sure you know you can only lead a horse to water so many times mm. and it's it's sad because i mean i was that person at one point in my life where I just wouldn't take any advice. I'd keep doing the same shit over and over and nothing would change. Mm. There's a good reason, you know, because if you just keep doing the same shit and it's nothing changing, well, then there's a good point where you're not changing. So yeah. <laughs> um, once I really opened up and just said to myself, I am happy to be the dumbest motherfucker in the room at all times yeah, and just learn from everyone. I learned something from a 21-year-old woman at Mastermind a few weeks ago yeah, because she just knew more shit than I did in a certain space. Mm. And I just sat there and took all her information. Yeah. I didn't sit there thinking about, mm, how can I make myself look bigger and better than her? Exactly, yeah. You know, most men will get that ego about them. You actually just listened and wanted to learn from this person yeah. rather than trying to get one over. Yeah, or just be like, oh, yeah, I already knew that. <laughs> yeah. I already knew how to do that. You yeah. know, shit like that. Mm. I just sat there and listened and took it on. I said, thank you so much. I appreciate you. So why can't that happen more? Exactly. Because in those environments, man, that's where you grow the most. That's where you'll see the change within your own life when you start becoming open to listen and learn. Like just putting them rooms, man. Like you learn so much. You know, I was the same one time, once upon a time. Like, you know, I shut everyone out and be like, I, I know everything, you know. But I didn't. And then once I became open-minded and um, I kind of just stripped away the judgment of others so I could be open-minded... I just became this new person. I feel like I evolved from like a seed to a flower. And I feel like once you become in those moments and more willing to say yes and just, I think the biggest thing is showing up. Like last night going to a Mastermind, the big thing was just showing up, you know. And once you show up, you can get so much out of it. You just Once you get there, you've got to be open-minded and willing to listen and learn. 100%, bro. And that's, that's what I take now from anything I go to. Um, I've been trying to get a few people to the Mastermind as well. But I think what happens is that people get in their own head, man. Yeah. I think what I just mentioned then, a lot of people got egos. Mm. And they probably think, oh, I don't need to fucking learn from that. Or, mm. I don't need to do this. But, I mean, guys, there's no there's no issue with trying something once. Yeah, give it a go. You could have mm. the best night of your life and then all of a sudden you've got this thing you come to each week for 10 bucks. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, yeah, really good investment. Like dude. just from the things that you learn, the connections you make and just the network and the support as well because you made accountable for your goals that you set out too. And that's huge, man. And it's so good that people are willing to give up their time to help others do these things, you know. So shout out to everyone over at Mastermind doing their thing. Yeah, shout out to Dion and Rich and the team there, Cleo, all them for starting this and helping us out with this because they, they do it, you know, not really expecting anything. Yeah. Because, I mean, Rich doesn't need to be there. Dion doesn't need to be there. Like, so, there's some pretty successful motherfuckers there. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's a, a lot of people see these sort of things as, oh, they're just going to try hard sell me on something. Yeah. You know, even the Dr. Espen experience, uh, we went there. I mean, look, I went into it knowing that there was going to be a sell, mm. that um, 
there was going to be an ask, but hey, so what? I turned out to have the best three-day, four-day experience of my life Yeah, because I said yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You went there. I want to speak to you about that experience as well. Do you mind going into it? I can go as deep as you want. Uh, I like deep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did learn the hard way, though, that we can't talk too much on about like how we did it. No, because that's sort of like copywriting, Doctor Esmond stuff. Maybe just your personal experience. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah, I can share as much of that as I want. So, uh, dude, where do we start? I mean, the first day is when we sort of got in there and we were learning about certain things to do with. I think it was fear. It was past fears or grief or something like that. I think that's where I actually did my letter to my 17-year-old self. Was that the one you posted? Yeah. Mm, so that, for me, that was a big release. Yeah. You know, because I I, I didn't think I'd still been holding on to it. Mm. Clearly I did. Yeah. Because after I had did that activity and had those feelings as I was reading it back to myself, it hit me that I was like, holy shit. You know, I, I put myself through some fucking tough times because yeah. I made a pretty big decision. Mm. How many kids turned down the thing that everyone else is working towards? Mm. Yeah. I, and I'm, I mean, I know I do know a few boys that had, had the gift as well, had the talents and just didn't want to play footy. Yeah. Whether it was injuries, um, mindsets, stuff, whatever it might have been, they decided not to go down that path. But that day, man, even just being around those people in that room, there was like 140 of us. Yeah. Just looking around and seeing the transformational things that were happening mm. uh, and even just the people we met. Yeah. You know, I've made some awesome friends from that weekend and mm. so did uh, Toddy and uh, Rip as well. Even they did a thing where I think I can speak on this cause it's not going to exactly, but no. So we'll talk about, I don't know if no, many people know this, but the bit, what do you think the biggest fear in the world is? What do you think everyone's scared of? Um, judgment. Public speaking, public speaking, which I guess would be judgment as well. Yeah. Death is second. Yeah, well. Isn't that crazy? That is full on, yeah. People are more terrified of speaking in front of people. Now you mention it, like every person I've spoken to about public speaking, like every nearly close to every person, like, no, nah, I'll never do that. Exactly That's, right. You know, that, is, that is a true statistic, yeah. So when you think about that, but you just said judgment, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Because they're just worried about what everyone's thinking while they're up there in front of everyone and everyone's looking at you. Yeah, and you're worried about what you're putting off and how people are going to perceive you and if your information is correct or what you're saying is correct and it's, uh, is, is it going to cause conflict? Is someone going to yell something out? Am I going to stutter? Am I going to fall? Am I going to, you know, there's so many things that play in your mind. Oh, dude, and that's so many people think about the shit that can go wrong rather than the shit that can go dude, right. can go right, yes. You know, like that. <laughs> To me, that's the biggest benefit of being able to gain now is that I always try to stay very positive. Mm. And look, there is a point where you can be, you can have toxic positivity mm. where you're always like, yeah, man, life is good. Let's go. You know, I get it. Like shit's, life is tough, man. Yeah. Like I get it. And, but there's no reason why I can't wake up and be like, everything's going to work out today and it's going to be amazing. Yes. Why the fuck can't you think that way? Affirmations, man. Every morning, like write down a list and like my affirmations look like today's going to be great. Today I will smile. Today I will love. Today I will learn. Today I will listen. And just plan out your day of what it's going to look like and you'll actually experience everything you write out because you put it out there in some, well, you know, manifestation. Mm, I love that. And do you, do you do it into the mirror as well? No, I don't. I should. Dude, yeah, mirror work for powerful. me is huge, yeah. Because if you can look yourself in the eye, which is obviously the, the window to your soul, now that we know this, you know, mm. do you remember, did you do the, yeah, the eye gaze? 
Yeah, yeah. At the oh, Cool To Be man, Conscious. Yeah. Holy shit. Experience. I had uh, crazy experience. So I had that same experience at Espen's as well because we yeah. had another thing we had to do. Uh, can't really go too much into that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, just this experience with this, who's now one of my good friends. But she could see in me her grandfather. Mm. And I could see in her one of my first partners and wow. around that there was a lot of drama and stuff around that um we're good mates still but mm. yeah like just some of the things that were coming out yeah in myself and realizations especially the money one the money one was huge because we've always been told well from what i've seen mm. money's evil yeah you're a scumbag if you're rich you're a scumbag if you got so much money or you're always after money yeah money is a necessity guys mm. i get the whole thing with like you know money isn't everything Totally. But if I'm doing something I enjoy and lots of money comes with that, amazing. Exactly. Because it, the way Dr. Espen puts it, it's a unit of choice. Mm. It allows me to help more people. Mm. It will allow me to grow my podcast. Creates freedom within your life. Exactly. You create more choices and opportunities. And freedom is what every man is after. Mm. If you if you read The Way of the Superior Man. Yeah, I have. Three times have, I've listened to dude, it. Dude, and man. what does he always talk about? Exactly. Our part, uh, everyone wants freedom. Direction and purpose and freedom. The purpose. What you Are you on purpose? And your, your partner who you're with, her yeah. feminine energy, she stays in her feminine energy. If you are in your masculine energy of going after your purpose. Mm-hmm. I think I worded that correctly. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I'm only like halfway through it. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, some of the shit that I'm learning in that, even. And yeah, that's that's what made me get in my relationship with that book, uh, wow. The Way Superior Men, because it made me, it reframed my mind on the way I view women and relationships. So, you know, I think I had this chat with you pre-podcast about mm. the way I was just going about life and it was just more so like I'm not having a girlfriend until I'm 30, I'm not getting married, I'm just going to, do what I'm doing, live life. But when I listened to the way the superior men, it made me realize what I actually was looking for in life. And in terms of love, relationship, a woman, um, feminine energy, you know, because there was so much masculinity surrounding me. And once I um, met my partner, now Rhiannon, um, she was like everything in that book that I was looking for. Mm. And when I met her, man, I was just like, it was like, yeah, and I had to listen to the book again after I met her. And then I listened to it again about six months ago as well. Now I'm still with her. I'm like, yeah, this is meant to be. So would you say you manifested her? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I was listening to that book, I was like, I need this type of woman in my life. You know, like I need. She's that divine feminine. Divine feminine. That's going to, you know, be a feminine, support me. um, But also. Call you out on your shit too. Call me out on my shit. And the good thing is, man, like we've been together for a year and a half and we've had one argument. That comes doesn't mean we we haven't disagreed on anything. It just means we communicate. So you exactly. know, if something is a conflict or something arises, we sit down and talk, work it out. We don't agree with it. Oh well, what can we do about it now? Then we work it out like that. Like there's no yelling, there's no screaming, and I think that's another thing that I learned from the book as well was to control myself because um, like it made me realize that yeah, I want love from a woman, but my woman needs love from me too. She needs a strong masculine man around her and that's what I'm trying to be every day, you know. Like it's some days it's a challenge, you know, within your own mind, but as long as you're aware of it, you can take action on it. And that book has been a big life changer for me when it comes in terms of relationship. Shout out Way of the Superior Man. Yeah, shout out um, David Dieter. David Dieter. <laughs> I and is that him reading it on the audio book? I think so. His yeah. voice is unreal. Yeah, if it I is. Love it, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I found it for free on YouTube. 
Oh, it's on YouTube. That's yeah, bro. I just yeah. found it because I've got that YouTube premium. So oh, cool. you just play it. and just, I know the boys are saying, why don't you just leave your phone open? You don't have to pay for it. But yeah. then ads come in, yeah, all this yeah, other yeah. shit. So best 15 bucks a month I've spent because oh, I get a lot of value from YouTube. It's got everything. So uh, yeah, but going back into the money stuff, uh, I created this new relationship because now I see money as a mate. Yeah. I'm like, hey, brother. Hey, Bean, what's been going on? I love that. Let's get back together. You know, yeah. remember that fun we had in Mackay? I was working in Mackay, making heaps of money, and I just I was spending it. Didn't have, I had no idea what to do with money at the time. Yeah. But now that I'm learning more about it, understanding how to invest it if once I start making it, mm. um, but just surviving, bro. Like, yeah, I think everyone gets really stressed about money too. Mm. Once you understand that, if you have a good relationship with it, you don't talk shit about it. It's like a mate. Yeah, I learned this from Ice. He's probably learned it from someone else, but he started writing down this little thing every day. It was like. Money and I have a great relationship. We grow and flow together. Yeah. And he started talking good about it. You know, it was like, yeah, if it's, if you'll talk shit about a mate, do you think yeah. he's going to, he's going to find out, right? Yeah, exactly. He's not going to want to come around. Mm. So if you're constantly thinking, thinking like, oh, no, money's evil. You don't need this. Or, mm. Fuck money. Yeah. You're not going to make it. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to stick around. <laughs> no, yeah, no. So that for me was the biggest thing for the weekend because I went in there thinking that's the, probably the biggest thing because. We get this wheel of life. Yeah. And you have to out of ten, so relationship, purpose, finance, all this stuff, and there's eight of them. Yeah. So you go through and mark them out of ten where you're sitting at. Mm. Purpose and career was really I was a ten for me because I'm on my purpose. Yeah. I know I am. and I feel it. Relationships was about six or so. Now this is like friends, family, partner. Tams and I are really good, but it could be much better yep. on my behalf. Mm. And that's why I started reading Way of the Superior Man. Todd mentioned that. And now I understand how I'm supposed to treat her properly, uh, sexually, how we're supposed to do things. And I'm pretty open with this stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm very open. We, we were talking recently about, uh, you know, not masturbating. Yeah. A lot of men, I think, get too much into porn and that sort of thing. It becomes an addiction. For sure. You expect too much. Dude, it, it. it takes away the, the realism and the feeling of actually having sex, mm. not just fucking someone. Exactly. You know, you get to actually experience each other and, you know, enjoy what it is. Mm. You know, enjoy who your partner is, you know, respect and appreciate everything that she is and that divine energy. Mm. So, uh, yeah, started learning about all these things literally from that weekend, you know, and the people that I met, which to me, that's a three-day experience, right? Yeah. $2,000, whatever it was, people might look at that and be like, oh, that's too much money. Mm. Is it really too much money to change your life? Yeah, exactly. It's an investment in your life. I bet you want to go now. Oh, I do. I'm going yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can't. Know? Yeah, like the, there's I'm about like, fifty people that want to go because of our talk. Yeah, like I was. Um, I started listening to that man. It inspired me just to get myself down there. Like I've already registered for the one the on free the Sunshine one. Coast, the four day one. That's going to be a chain effect of me going to the three day one, and I think going to these. Um, retreats, events, and things like that, man. I feel like they're massively important who we are in our own development as human beings because we all want to be the best version of ourselves no matter what but it's taking action on that and mm. yeah it, it costs money you know but you just got to look at it as an investment to yourself and i'm very glad to hear what i've heard from you regarding the quantum experience it's and especially from toddy and rip as well like i've seen them rips videos on instagram like I see changed it. yeah man i can see it within them like it's um it's so natural as well like it's not him jumping on Instagram trying to boast it like it's him actually being his authentic self and sharing his experience and I just love I love seeing that man I love seeing transparency in people and I can see that within yourself as well 
Likewise, bro. And I think that's just a circle we've created. Yeah. You know, it's people that are not judgmental. So you feel comfortable to speak your truth. Yeah. So, and that's what Rip was saying today in his little video he did while he was driving. You know, he's, he's been struggling a bit with a, a past situationship that he had with a, a woman. And he feels comfortable enough to reach out to us whenever he can and whenever he needs to to talk about how he's feeling. Yeah. You need that. You need it. Men need that. Mm. We're so scared of our feminine energy. Yes. We stick in our masculine mm. and it eventually breaks us. Yeah. You know, I don't know if we talked about it, that kid that I met last night. Mm. We were talking about it on the podcast or before? Uh, before the podcast, I yeah. think. Yeah. But even the fact that he said to me that, and I could tell that he was struggling a bit. He said to me that he was told that, yeah, you can't cry around women like your sisters or your mother or whatever. You can't show weakness. Mm. And I just thought, no, yeah. that is not right. And again, guys, like, I do feel for our older generation because they've just been given things from another generation, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. You know, we've been lucky enough to come up in a generation where we have mentors, people like Aubrey Marcus. Mm. Yes. You know, that, that dude controls a lot of my life now because that's who I listen to. Yeah. And he is the ultimate masculine, feminine God. You know, yeah, like, yeah. he just speaks his truth, mm. he looks after himself. He is honest, but he also just embodies everything there is. Yeah. He does he, he, he can show emotion, mm. he can be strong and powerful where he needs to. So, you know, if we start to create a lot of men like that, mm. um, I think we're gonna be in a really good stead. But for yeah, sure, man. Bro, that experience and that weekend, honestly, one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. And the biggest part of it was the connection I made with people that are like minded. Yes. And again, we talk about this a lot, but yeah. You know, when you experience something like that with other people, you don't forget it. No, you don't. It sticks. Yeah, it's like a tattoo. Oh, man. I don't know if you... Did you listen to the, the table talk that we did? I started it, yeah. Yeah, so did you get up to the part where Todd... When Todd had his experience there? No. So he had a... He had a... It was the most intense thing of seeing him go through because he'd finally found the last piece to the puzzle with his issues with his, his gut. It was tied to an experience he had when he was 10 years old. Yeah. And this one of these activities we did brought that up. And he fit, he's like, holy shit, mm. I finally realized this is what's been causing this and holding me back. Yeah. And he had this release, you know, and it looked like he was going to pass out. He's like falling down the stairs. He was like calling out to me. I like had to carry him outside. Mm. And then he was outside with this one of the other boys we met, JP. Awesome dude, young guy. But he had a lot of grief and everything and guilt mm. locked up too. And they both just like did this massive roar. We are at this yeah. massive RSL and um, all the people inside are like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on out there? But he was just open to doing this because he knows this is how you heal. Yeah. If you've got all this pent up anger or this frustration, whatever it might be, this release, mm. it's like when animals are getting chased, like a zebra is getting chased by a leopard or something. Yeah. Or a cheetah, sorry. And they get away from them and then they do that big shake. Yeah. They yeah. shake their body. It's getting all that anxiety, that sympathetic system out of you. So, we don't do that. No, no. We now sit in a car, get road rage, mm -hmm. and then all that anxiety and built up adrenaline is just sitting there. Yeah. And then it just fucking slowly deteriorates us. You know, when I was super anxious all the time, it was like my doctor explained it at the time. It was amazing. Um, Dr. Ted up in Mullaney, shout yeah. out Dr. Ted. And he made me realize that, yeah, it's just always, you've always got adrenaline building up and then it's got nowhere to go. Yeah, there's no um, there's no output for it. Yep, yep. So imagine that constant inflammation, mm. how much sickness I was going through all the time. Yes. I was always sick, bro. Mm. 
And I bet someone listening right now that goes through a lot of anxiety and issues like that, you're probably always sick too. Mm. You know, talking to Brad today, he, he experienced his first anxiousness when his kid was born. So it was almost like postnatal depression for a man, yeah. which is a thing. Mm. He was so scared of doing something wrong and or him dying. So then how does the kid grow up yeah. or the kid getting hurt? It was this conscious anxiousness. And over 12 months or so, he got sicker and sicker and started developing these things that he'd never had issues with. Yeah. Purely based off what the mind was doing to him. Mm. So when you think about how powerful the mind is and you do these events like with Dr. Espen and you start to take control – Dude, I went that after that whole week, I just went down to the beach every morning, mm-hmm. sat in my own silence, played a bit of music after a bit, did a bit of meditation, a bit of breath work, and just sat there. Yeah. And just enjoyed it, allowed the silence and the control of my own and being by myself. Yes. I think one thing people struggle with is they're not comfortable in their own space. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. I wanted to touch on that too. As soon as you said that, I was yeah, like, there you go. I want to touch on, man, because <laughs> Like I was saying before, we wake up with our own thoughts, we go to sleep with our own thoughts. And they can be the scariest times when we can't get a grip on those moments in our life and when we can't cope or handle it, man. And being able to come to a point where you can get comfortable in loneliness per se and or spend time with yourself is powerful. And I think if you listening to this and you struggle with being alone or being by yourself i think it's important to test out ways to improve those feelings and thoughts that you feel when you're by yourself and try to get more comfortable with who you are and if there's something in your life that you're not comfortable with you're not proud of well i reckon you you gotta you gotta make a shift you gotta make a decision you gotta make a decision of what can I do to stop this or how can I evolve this? And you got to implement more things in your day-to-day life that will bring you joy and peace. And I think it's not an overnight thing, but over a certain period of time, if you do the right things and you get more peace within your own mind, you will become more comfortable with who you are. 100%, dude. Mm. And it's, it's so important. We talked about it this week, actually. And Aubrey Marcus did it. He actually did a week of being by himself. Yeah. In the darkness. Well, Literally just sat in the darkness for, I think it was like five, six days or something. Mm. By himself, no sounds. And he just let his thoughts run wild. Yeah. So we talked about implementing that maybe once a week. Mm. Not for a whole day, just for an yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah. Just sit in your cupboard or something. Yeah. Pure darkness, pure silence. <laughs> and just let your thoughts run wild. Because usually the thoughts that come up are some of your deeper thoughts that you're, or ideas or intuitive downloads things that you're really feeling Mm. and not thinking yes because there's a big difference between your thinking mind and your feeling mind Mm. the subconscious is what 96 percent or something of overall thoughts Mm. so if you can start to program it condition it to think all those positive thoughts or those happy thoughts or doing shit you love and start to implement all these things the conscious mind has no real Mm. well actually sorry your conscious mind can have more control yes rather than your subconscious dominating everything Mm. So being comfortable in your own space, you then don't also don't have to rely on external sources, such yeah. as having a girlfriend yes. that you probably don't love or like, can't get along with, but you just feel like you need someone there to, you know, for your own self-worth. Yeah. Or you need to buy a new flash car because mm. that makes you feel better for a bit yeah. or a new whatever it might be. Not saying it's bad to do those things, but when they're attached to your external worth, yes, then it's a bad thing. Mm. But it's also 
gets into addiction with, like yeah. we said before, porn, gambling, yeah, drinking, drugs, all that stuff. Mm. And I know with gaming, even gaming was an addiction for me. Mm. Yes, because even though yes, it is a form of meditation, mm. it also can be abused. Yeah, definitely. So. It is definitely a form of meditation because it's a way you can just enjoy, you know, have some fun and yeah. just relax and be in your own space. But it's also like with anything in life, there's got to be a limit. Because mm, mm. you can escape reality. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I know there's a lot of kids out there, or men even, and I know I know of some that just gaming is their way out of having to deal with mm. any issues in real life. Because when you escape your reality, you escape your thoughts. And when you escape your thoughts... That's going to build up, and when that builds up, it becomes heavier and heavier on your shoulders. The longer you leave it, it's going to break you at one stage. And mm. the further and further and longer we wait to get back to our thoughts and get back to our reality, it can be a big thing that can, you know, like, um, like, I've lost me trying to thought now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way I put it today was like, you've got this pipe, yeah, and it's filling up full of shit. Eventually yeah. it's gonna burst. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna burst. There's a there's a point there's a there's a point where it is just gonna go, okay, I can't hold this anymore. And that's that's the same thing with when you don't cry. Yeah. If you let that build up, that emotion build up so much to the point where it's like, okay, I gotta release now. I actually had a mate recently. She hasn't cried for seven years. Well. But I had a talk with her to the point she felt so safe in within my space, which is something I think I've realized lately and what I've been told is that People feel really comfortable within my space. They feel able to tell me everything. She she went pretty deep into some stuff, and bro, it was like her bit, her human. So yeah. our meat sack, yeah, this shell that we're in. Mm. It was like it wasn't letting it happen, but a couple of tears started to come out. She didn't even know. She just kept talking, and then all of a sudden, she started crying. Yeah, like tears. Well. Like well, tears were coming out, but yeah. no expression and emotion was coming with it. Mm. So it was almost like her being, her, her her energy, her the thing that lives inside this meat sack yeah. wanted to come out. But because consciously she was told, up. well, yeah. her ex, bro, her ex fucked her up. Oh, yeah. He was he would say things like, um, you know, why are you crying? Why are you sad? <laughs> oh fucking shut up, all this stuff. Yeah. She must have copped that so much to the point where, yeah, she just shut that all off. It was like, okay, well, I'm not meant to do that. Can't like programmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, programmed to okay. I can't show emotion, mm. which it, that'd be a big cause for a lot of men. Yeah, but there's a lot of women too. You know, like we for don't sure. we don't discount that women go through mental health issues as well. It's very much so. But yeah. we just know, especially myself, I know that the men side of things is definitely a big issue, especially on the coast at the moment. Mm. Uh, well, everywhere at the moment, especially with crying, man. Like, because I think it's so important to cry. I was having this chat with um, Gaudi. It was actually last night on my drive home and um, Ben, that crying I think is so important in times when we feel like we need to cry because we f we actually think rationally once we cry. So once we cry, we actually start to think and start thinking rationally about what made us cry and then we actually fix the idea or fix the emotion or fix whatever it was. We start working towards it after we cry. But if we don't cry, it just keeps building up and we just keep getting lost. But I've noticed every time that I've cried, right after it, I think so much more clear on the situation. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That makes sense. It does, yeah. Like, Holy shit. Maybe I'll have a cry on the way home. Yeah, man, I recommend <laughs> it. Yeah. Like it, it does make a lot of sense because you're right and you just feel like this 
this release you feel mm. lighter especially yeah. after our cool to be conscious experience you know like oh, man, yep. my i'm sure you heard me out the back there i was fucking roaring like a yes. bear and i didn't ex- i didn't expect that to come up mm. you know i was being told beforehand and just just for anyone listening like i was going into this being told you know there's going to be some screaming and all this sort of stuff and i was like ah, whatever this isn't going to happen we're in a room full of 60 people no one's yeah. going to do that sure enough it starts happening. I start hearing some people and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And then, yeah, this build up mm. in my chest. It was like my heart area. Yeah. Whoa, I could feel it. It was just all this anger and like grief and regret and shame just came out of me. And it yeah. was like that constant just as soon as I think I found out after it was Rye that put his yeah. hands on his on my shoulders. And that just made me release yes. straight away. And do the next couple of days I felt so light. Yeah. And I and I was in a really good place. Mm. I didn't even know these things were there. Yeah, they just subconsciously tucked away. Mm. And now, ever since I've done that, I've done Doctor Espens, I've done all this other stuff. I'm reading Way of the Superior Man, mm. dude. I literally get around to shops and stuff, and I feel like I'm floating. Yeah, and it's almost like I can notice that people can notice. Yeah, one because I'm not wearing a mask anywhere, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a medical exemption. I swear, <laughs> and. They just, and obviously I'm six foot five, mm. but there's just something you can tell when someone is feeling good. Oh man, your aura is glowing and they're vibrating. Mm. I see it in all of us, mm. all us people that are in this circle. Yeah. When we went to like mastermind last night, you can see the people that are glowing. Yeah. You can see that sure. aura, man. Like mm. Todd's is like fucking 20 feet wide. Yeah. You know, like when he walks in a room, you just, I'm sorry. I talk so much about him guys. I just like him a lot. Yeah. Me I too. love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you can see it, and they talked about that um, as well. Where a lot of mo- like most people, mm. their aura or their life force is a couple of feet wide. Yeah, they did a measurement on Gandhi's. Yeah, I think it was Gandhi, the Dalai Lama. Mm. Uh, it was a couple of kilometers wide. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. So I also spoke to this awesome young man by the name of Ray Ray Pang. I think his last name is. Yeah, at this event. And he talked about if we get 4% of the world to become higher consciousness, it would change the world. Yeah. Cause and effect. It would be like that's the amount of people that we all we would need to be on this higher level of consciousness and spiritual awakening and doing the meditation and breath work and elevating yeah. and being in joy and love. Mm. That would literally change the whole world. Yeah. I think Dr. Espen said something where in the UK or somewhere or in Britain – 7,000 people meditated, I think. Yeah. And they reduced the rate of crime. Mm. Yeah, I actually heard that stat. Yeah. Like that's, mm. I don't know if I printed, like said that properly, but look into it, but no, that yeah. literally happened. Yeah. No, I, I've heard that too. It wasn't, um, I think it was in London. Mm. The 7,000 people meditated and that created like a massive domino effect, which yeah. released and dropped the rates of crime. That's crazy. Like um, I was, Toddy always says this. He, um, sorry, Todd, I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> <laughs> he said, um, I think, when you get a hundred people meditating, I think it's rather a hundred thousand or a million. I'm not sure. They said rather when a hundred people meditate, it affects a hundred thousand people or affects a million people. Mm. One of those, so I can't remember the exact number he said, but yep. with stillness, man, I think it is million because that's the one ringing in my head. So I'm going to go with million. So stillness, we're averaging like what two hundred people down there on Sundays, and two hundred people. That's two million people. That's all Southeast Queensland. Mm. that energy effect that brawls out like it's so true man like I'll, I'll i'll leave stillness and i'll go for lunch go for coffee and the amount of p- 
people that I've never met before that I go connect with, like someone I'm buying a coffee from or someone I walk past and I just smile and say hey or someone buying petrol and I'm, you know, speaking to the cashier. Like the amount of good energy I'm just flowing out for that whole day to every person I interact with. And then that person's going to absorb that and be like, wow, like what's going on here? And then they may take that on to the next person that just flows around. And I think, you know, creating those meditative spaces where you get people together will create such a domino effect in communities which can, you know, drop crime rates and things of that sort. And the mental health issues. And the mental health issues, substance abuse and everything that just goes along with mental health and well-being. Dude, 100%. Love that. Yeah, so... Yeah, when Todd told me that stat, I was just, yeah, it, it opened my mind heaps because it made me realize that when I get this energy, I want to do something with the energy. I want to make sure I'm having the output so people can receive from me. Yeah, and you, you're doing so well, man. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's amazing to have a lot of us, like, in the same space doing podcasts. Yeah, exactly. And we're yeah. all like-minded. We're all trying to do a similar thing. And I love that because we're, we're all like-minded, we are all, like, awesome people. We're not, it's no competition. No, nah, it's no, no like, yeah. fuck, I'm doing, not doing better than such and such. Yeah. Or it's all love, bro. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, I was happy to come on and try to help you in any way I could. Yeah. I'm obviously going to get you on mine eventually. Get Dan, Jaron, you know, sure, man. all these boys that are in this space trying to do the similar thing. Mm. If we can create that conscious level and that change, yeah, why not? We can affect a few million. Yeah. And my, my biggest mission objective is to, impact as many people as i can before i die yeah because my mortality does scare me a little bit mm. it's probably my biggest thing i struggle with thinking about because uh, again i was labeled with something as well like a heart condition which is usually only seen in like 80 year olds yeah so to be told that at i think it was 25 when i found out mm. um you know it comes it comes and goes like i'll be laying in bed sometimes and it'll just get up to like 180 beats a second yeah up oh, a second 180 beats a minute and i'm yeah, just yeah. like Oh fuck! Here it is. I'm gonna die. Yeah. And I just sit there, bro. I'm just like, oh, here we go. I think I was saying this before, and it just, uh, and it, you, you do worry about it, but at the same time, it also drives me. Yeah. Because I heard Gary V say it. He he's he'd be going along, and so many people are trying to talk to him. Be like, some lady come up to his car and is like, Gary, inspire me mm. in five seconds or something. He's like, okay, you're gonna die. <laughs> like yeah. literally yeah and she's like oh and he's like well what do you want like yeah why are you not doing what you can and what you want to while you can because mm. tomorrow's not guaranteed exactly tomorrow's not promised it's very cheesy you hear it in like yeah. rocky movies and stuff mm. apollo it's, creed says it yeah but it's true man like it, it fucking is it's the only thing that should motivate you the next two hours i'm guaranteed Literally. Like nothing's guaranteed, man. Dude, I could trip down those stairs mm. or something. Yeah. And I mean, you don't want to think the worst all, all the time, obviously, yeah. guys. But also allow it to motivate you to do those things you've been holding back. Yes. Like, you know, if, if, you're, if you've got a, someone that you love, mm. reach out yeah. to them. Or someone you want to be with or something you want to do or something you want to say. They always say the biggest regrets are always when people are in their deathbed, right? Yeah. They're laying there and like, oh, I wish I did this, this, and this. It's like, well, don't let you get to that stage. Yeah. Don't regret shit. Don't let anything hold you back. Like, especially when it comes to showing and telling people that you love them and appreciate them. I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do for ourselves and for other people, man, because, you know, we're not on this earth for a long time, you know, whether it's 10, 20, 80, 100, you know, years, man. And 
I think giving people their flowers while they're here is important because once people go, they get the flowers. But I think while they're here, I think it's important to give people their flowers. And that's cool. You know, I like that. Yeah. So you know, like, it, and I think that'll increase. You know, the numbers and I mean, decrease numbers in mental health when it comes to terms of telling people you love them and appreciate them. You know, because it might help them find some self worth within themselves when they got some other people who are close to them who can recognize who they are. They might they might be able to recognize who they are from this other person telling them as well. Mm. That can just be like you sitting down watching TV, like or I'll pick up my phone for five seconds and just say I love you to my best mate, and then put my phone back down. It takes five seconds, man. And it can change. It can change someone's whole day, whole week. You know what? You just reminded me of something, and I love all that. Yeah. Yesterday I was out doing my post run and all that sort of thing. I got a random message from a mate. Shout out Jakey Ainsworth. Shout out Jakey. Uh, he just randomly go like, hey, Trav, hope you're doing well. Yeah. A little love heart. Mm. Just random. But yeah. I just, I was like, fuck, I, I, feel, I felt that. Yeah. And weirdly mm. enough, I was actually just thinking of him just before that because mm. I was thinking of another friend who just reached out to me, yeah. which made me think of him. Mm. So frequencies are a thing, guys. Yeah, this is what definitely. Bob Proctor talks about. <laughs> you know, when you send a message to someone who you haven't spoken to in ages and then yeah. they send a message back saying, oh, weird, I was just thinking of you. Yeah. Because you guys are on that frequency. Yeah, exactly. So if you get the same frequency of the thing you want, the money you want, the people you want, those things will start to come to you because they will vibrate that same level of frequency. Yeah, and don't try and, um, like, don't let the judgment, fear of judgment um, take control in those situations too. Like, you know, if you're um, just sitting at home or going for a walk or, you know, you, whatever you're doing and someone comes to your mind and you want to reach out to them, reach out to them when they're on your mind. Because you're meant to connect with that person in that moment. And that's why you should reach out to them. You know, you shouldn't like, um, like, I don't know, just use my brother for an example. Like if I have my brother come up my mind, like straight away I'll message him and tell him whatever, whatever I'm feeling in the moment. Just because like, I feel like these people come to our minds for certain reasons because we have to connect with them in that moment. And once you act on that, like you'll see so much flourish from it. Like no one's going to judge you for reaching out and saying, I hope you're okay. Like no one's going to be like, oh, no, what? why are you asking me that? Why are you telling me that? Like people will be like, oh, thank you. I hope you're okay too. And yeah, like you said, I was just thinking of you and, you know, that frequency. 100% dude. Mm. So that's amazing, man. Um, well, there's one other thing I wanted to talk to you about before we um, wrap up. was Because the, um, the first ever time I met you face-to-face was the Cool to Be Conscious event. So I just want to go into a bit of that and maybe on you know, how – what you've learned from that from throughout yourself through going through that experience? I, th- I learned that day because uh, I was real nervous about going there again because my body. Yeah. You know, I'm in a really good place mentally. I feel powerful and happy as ever. Mm. But that same thing, like I was saying before, I was coming back, I was worried about taking my shirt off in front yeah. of people, especially a lot of women. You know, And then we had to do that that experience where we're all standing there shirtless eyes closed and women yeah. had to show us un- unconditional love yeah hugging us and all sort of stuff i just mm. fucking broke down crying yeah um but it made me realize that no matter how bad it gets internally mm. it's never as bad as you think it is yeah you know that experience that day those there were some very uncomfortable activities mm. personally man like yeah that that, that aggression one mm. especially that was that was rough yeah uh, and just, you know, but again, we talk about getting out of our comfort zone. That mm. was out of my comfort zone. Mm. And this is in my recent Trav, you know, this is the technician. I've stepped yeah. into my truth. I've stepped into my power. I feel amazing 99% of the time. Mm. 
I still have my days for sure, but they're so different to my downer days. Yeah. They're now my days where I just feel burnt out yep. and I just need to not talk to anyone mm. because cause I'm call, talking to so much, I'm helping so many people, I'm replying to messages all the time and thinking of new ideas and stuff like that. What the Cool To Be Conscious thing did for me was it's okay to also do nothing. Yes. I can't remember who said it. I, th- I swear I heard something that day where we were just chatting and they're like, you know, you don't always have to be doing something. Yeah. You're allowed to just be. You don't have to be productive 24-7. Yeah, dude, and I forgot about, like, I get that I'm now in a position where I need to be of service or I want to, I get to be of service and I get to do all these cool things, but I forget to have some fun sometimes as well, mm. you know, and I, and I end up just burning out. Like, fr- by Friday after that event with Dr. Espen, yep. I had this day where I was just like, fuck this, I just turned my phone off pretty much. I needed 24 hours just to myself. But my good mate Nev called me, shout out Nev, yeah, shout out to <laughs> uh, Nev. at four o'clock, just like a catch up. He randomly calls me sometimes on his way home from work. Yeah. Super successful dude. One of the most successful people I know, hardest worker, awesome family. And he just said, he told me straight, he's like, man, what are you doing? Yeah. And I sort of said it. And he's like, well, stop fucking around. Mm. Get your cert four done. Do this, yeah. do this. And just told me how it was, you know. So we talk so much about all this, you know, spirituality and manifestation and all this other stuff but there does need to be another line of you know practicality yeah for sure man and again mm. i say these things because the could cool be conscious thing practicality side of me for that was i need to stick to my daily routines mm. which is your breath work and your ice baths and all cold showers at least yeah. i know you can't do them all the time but it just made me realize as well Actually, that the biggest thing I took from that day was the connection I had with the people that day. Yeah. And I wanted that again. I got it at Espens. So now I want it more. Yeah. Mastermind. These connections I'm having with people now mm. are so intense. Yeah. Because it's on a spiritual level mm. and an energetic level that, uh, yeah, bro, since cool to be conscious, that, that honestly set me on the path to being open to so much more. Yeah. Meeting people like yourself. Mm. Uh, meeting all those people I, I think i came away with like 30 or 40 new connections from yes. this <laughs> you know like yeah. just even i met this my i had to sit down with a little bloke by the name of harry i think his name was yeah little pommy dude and you know I how we had to him, say yeah. yeah little mustache yeah, yeah. um we had to eye gaze yeah so two men sitting down right in front of each other looking into each other's eye mm. for however long it took to start to see that that soul connection yeah and then we had to tell each other how we felt when we first see each other. Mm. And he was like, bro, I was scared. Yeah. <laughs> like, walking up to me. And, but then straight away you have that connection and you're like, man, I love this dude. Yeah. Because it was on a soul level. Mm. So a, another thing I took from it, I started having, like you were just saying before, I resonated. I loved you here where you're like, you'll have these deeper conversations with someone at like a gas station. Yeah. Or like a Woolies or something. Yes. I've, I'm having more of those conversations. Mm. Because I'm not just saying, how are you? Yeah. It'll just be like something profound. Like, yes. how's your week going? Are you hitting all your goals? <laughs> yeah. Or like, what do you dream of? Yeah. What do you want to do with your life? Like mm. things like these, like a little bit deeper. Yes. And the reactions you get, mm. it's kind of sad because in a way they're like, oh, what? Yeah. That's not normally what I get. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to see him open up and be like, oh, no one really asked me that. Yeah. Mm, this is what I want to do. Definitely. So, dude, that, yeah. If anyone's thinking about 
what to go to or where they're going to start to go on this journey similar to what we're going on mm. start at cool to be conscious yeah i agree that's i think that's where my journey started like not my self-development journey but more so tapping into my conscious subconscious um everything that goes along with that mine started with sunday stillness and then when going to that um full day experience and some man like that was one of the biggest eye-opening things I've ever experienced in my life with a lot of understanding and going into depth of my thoughts and just acknowledging and accepting things as well that's happened in my life. You know, when you said, when you did the roaring and stuff too, like I was yelling, man, but it was like me um, like screaming and yelling to forgive and to also move on. And that's why I feel like that scream and stuff was, man, was through that experience and like there was a, like I, it wasn't people that I was holding resentment against but it was something subconsciously that I just hold in my back of my head and once I released it that day like I have like yourself like I just feel like I feel lighter even mm. though I didn't know this stuff was bothering me so much yeah that's unreal 100% dude like like we just said guys if you really want to know what the secret is to all this there's no real mm. secret mm. but Get around some like-minded people. Get yeah. around these people that are in this space because this is the way forward. Yes. 1,000%. This whole consciousness, mm. this awakening, this change in the air, mm. it's happening. It is. Sunshine Coast is leading the way. Yeah, I'm, I love it. I'm so happy I'm a part of it. I'm so happy I'm here. I'm so happy I get to experience it with the people I get to experience it with. And I think, dude, I heard you taking us through that daily cool to be conscious thing before. Mm. Do you want to facilitate it at some point? Yeah, I've actually thought about it. I saw Rye. Because you were great at it. Thank you. Yeah, it was really <laughs> Appreciate good. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Rye post about um, facilitation happening in January. Mm. And it's something I thought like I would love to because um, I'd love to be able to, I don't know, try and involve in with youth and my work. Definitely. And could it be conscious with schools and things like that to chat all up with those boys. But it is something that I really want to do. It's just more so of, um, arranging my time to fit it in. Yeah, you got a lot on. <laughs> yeah. But if I can do it, and I definitely have you know a block of so and so time that they give me, I can do it. And then I'm like, yes, I can commit to that in a hundred percent, man, because I wanna I wanna participate, but also wanna facilitate. And I think you know I can be empowering in both. Sick, so I love that. Love that, mm. man. Uh, Unreal. Yeah, that was that was a good episode, man. Um, what do we end up at? Um, oh shit that went quick one hour 40 man wow <laughs> that went really quick <laughs> hell yeah um yeah i just want to say man i'm very one thing you said before that i wanted to touch on was that there's no competition it's all inspiration and i think that is very transparent in what all of us do we're not competing and who can be the best not competing and who can be you know the best conscious coach no who can be the best podcaster who can be the best fitness guy we're all inspiring each other to do better and connecting so we can all build each other up. And I think that is, you know, instead of just planting the tree, we're planting the forest. And I think it is beautiful, man. And I want to give you your flowers and who you are and what you're doing. Appreciate that, brother. And likewise, you're doing some beautiful things, especially starting with the kids. Because yeah. that's, our gen that's our future generation, right? Yeah. That's our future there. So, man, everything you're doing, I appreciate you getting me on the potty. Mm. Appreciate what you're doing within the space of, you know, meeting so many people and spreading your love too. So... Hopefully we can have some more people just getting amongst it, man. Definitely. All right, cool, man. Well, that was the One Talk podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, before we wrap up, where can people find you? 
So if you just type in the technician on Instagram, it should pop up, uh, or Travis Cochran. And also I've got my website coming soon, mm. which will just have a few things. I'll be selling merch and obviously I'll have my podcast series up there. Yeah, I do have some new content coming soon, which is pretty exciting. Awesome. Which will be my first paid content as well. Mm. We talked about this before, guys. Like obviously the only reason that we need money for myself, especially I want to grow. Yeah. I need this to be able to grow and support more people, help more people. And obviously, you know, it's not a bad thing. Mm. It's, no, a, it's, it's, all, it's all part of the love. It's all part of the journey. And, uh, you know, it's just something that I, I need to do to help more people. So, yeah, and that's pretty much it, man. If anyone ever wants to reach out, feel free to. Mm. And obviously, I'll get uh, Ryan on my podcast, Technician Podcast. Obviously, you can find me at Spotify, Apple, and get on there. Swing us a review if you like, a little yeah. rating. Because again, that just helps us in this journey to get exactly. bigger and better and help yeah. more people too. And then my bio for this poddy, I'll chuck all of his details in there. And yeah, thank you for listening. See you later. Cheers, guys.